uh, a stirring conversation about your favorite game. So Risk, uh, what about uh, uh, like games like um, chess or uh, checkers or uh, a game like Stratego or Axis and Allies, the ultimate uh, uh, board game, you know, like take eight hours of your life away. It's even worse than going and playing a 18 holes of golf is Axis and Allies. But they involve some form of strategy. I love this strategy games. As we think about uh, today and talking about that church, that church was not a church that just kind of winged it and kind of just hoped for the best and kind of kind of this luck kind of idea. They had some strategy going into becoming that church. There are some things that they did, some strategy that they worked to try to be as effective and as efficient as possible to reach people for Christ. And in this the end of the second chapter here, we will see some of their strategy at work. And there's some of you might be sitting here and thinking, you know what? I don't think there's any room for strategy in the church. I mean, we just need to be led by the Spirit. We just need to trust Jesus. We don't, we don't need strategy. That's, that's too corporate. You know, that's a corporate America thing. Strategy and strategic thinking and those kind of things. And, and so do we really need that in the church? I am so delighted you asked me that question. Because, because uh, if you look at Scripture, not just our opinion, but look at Scripture, and do we, we need to ask ourselves the question, do we see strategy? Do we see uh, that God had a plan and that he worked his plan? Do we see that in Scripture? There's a great example, uh, and you can see it throughout. You can see an example of Moses. Moses, after he had, uh, God had rescued the people out of Egypt, and Moses is the, big, is the leader, and he's just being bogged down, all these people and all their problems. And he's trying to help uh, all of them kind of work through their issues and their problems. And finally, his, uh, his father-in-law, uh, Jethro, says, hey, Moses, you're going to kill yourself. You need to get some help. And so he helps him to organize into teams and different, and different uh, sub-leaders and sub-leaders and sub-leaders so they could divide up all of the work together. That's strategy. When Joshua led God's people into the promised land, they didn't just kind of willy-nilly walk in and do kind of whatever and just kind of you know haphazardly there was a plan God led them in a plan when they were uh, go back and read the story when they were taking the city of Jericho there was a plan there was a strategy to take that city the city of Ai when they they went in they got beat down the first time and then they uh, some things changed God did some stuff and then they had a strategy going in the second time had a had a resounding victory strategy we see it in scripture we see it in the book of Nehemiah when God wanted Nehemiah to help rebuild the wall, he didn't just kind of wing that. There was a strategy that you saw him put into place to accomplish the vision and the purpose. And the ultimate plan, strategy that we see, is the plan of salvation from the very beginning of time that God worked this plan all through human history to bring it to the culminating point when Christ came, died, rose again from the dead, and now, us, 2,000 years later, we're still working the plan. And so, through Scripture, we see strategy at work. And here in chapter 2, the end of it, I want us to read it, and I want you to see the strategy. I want you to see what they're doing, because we want to be a church like this. We want to be a, a church that, that sees results like that they say, well, people coming to Christ. We want to see lives transformed and lives changed. And in order to do that, uh, again, the best way that we can, with God directing us, with Christ in charge, and empowered by the Holy Spirit, like we saw here, we need to work the plan that we see in Scripture. And so what was the strategy or the plan? Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Let me read it, and you see if you can pick it out as I read it. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done 
through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as they had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Now, Let's see, what was the strategy? What do you see that they were doing that, that, result, that, that brought such awesome results? What helped them to be that church? What was the strategy that we see? And look at verse 42. It says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayers, the prayers. The first thing that, as I look at that, that just kind of jumps off the page, and it says, And they devoted themselves. That word devoted, it's trans, the word that's translated devoted from the Greek is a word that to define it is to occupy oneself diligently with something. To occupy oneself diligently with something to pay persistent attention to. So again, kind of think about that. So, so, so they were devoted to it. They were paying persistent attention to these things. And we'll look at what those things were, but they were paying uh, special attention to those. What are you devoted to? Some of you are devoted to baseball. Baseball season just getting started. And uh, when you think about you're devoted to baseball, uh, you, you are, uh, again, kind of you pay persistent attention to. So if you're a, if, uh, you know, if you're a fan of the, the Sox or the Cardinals or the Cubs or whatever, at any given moment, if I were to ask you, you could tell me what place your team is in. So, uh, either online or a shout out here, can anybody tell me, you Cardinal fans, what place are you guys in? What? Did I say, la- did I hear last place? Really? I didn't even know that. Is that right? I'm just kidding. I like to mess with Cardinal fans. My dad's a Cardinal fan. So, uh, and, and so, but you know, and if I were to ask you, you know, what's the, what's the winning record for your favorite pitcher? What's the, what's the batting average of, of, of this person or that person? What's, you know, you know those things because you are devoted to it because you pay persistent attention to it. If I were, some of you are, you're kind of health kind of people. You're, you, you're kind of, you're workout phenoms and, and, and you pay persistent attention to that. Uh, you, you, you work out several times a week. You, you have your schedule arranged around that. You pay attention to it. You, you've got your, you got your smartwatch. You got your whatever uh, uh, exercise band or whatever you call it that you wear around and you know how many steps every day you're taking. You, you've got your, your goal. You know how many calories you're burning and you make sure that you don't, that you're burning more calories than you're bringing in and all those kind of things. You know you pay because you're devoted to it persistent attention to health some of you guys pay persistent attention you're devoted to your 401k your mutual funds or whatever there are some of you uh that some of you right here and again it'd be cool to kind of see a show of hands or even online uh, how many of you know within a few cents the price of oil some of you now admit it some of you guys within, a, within 10 cents could tell me the price of oil because you know that that's tied to the stock market and it's tied to what, whatever, you know, your mutual fund or whatever, your retirement or your stock that you bought or whatever. And, and if uh, you know what, what Apple's doing, you know what Groupon, whatever, you, you've got those in your head. You read books, you read magazines, you watch uh, Kramer dude, whatever his name is, you watch him on, uh, on uh, you know, you, you, the crazy guy. You, you're into it. You're devoted to it. You pay persistent attention to it. What would it look like if you were devoted 
to the strategy that God has for us as his followers? What if we were devoted to the same things that we see the first century church? What if we were devoted like they were? What if we were that church? That we were devoted to what we see here in these verses. So what do we see? What we see here in, in, in the book of Acts, well, uh, what we see is that they, this is a church that's committed to the strategy. They were devoted, they were committed to the strategy. And so, and so if we work a similar strategy, we could hope to find that God, God blesses some, some results like we see in them. We could accomplish the vision that God has for us as we, as we, as we work the strategy that God has for us. Our vision here at First Church is to, is to uh, the kind of the sub, the kind of subline is to restore God's ideal, but the kind of the longer uh, kind of vision statement is igniting Christ's passion in everyday people to restore God's ideal. It's a little tagline: restoring God's ideal. That's our vision. So if we were committed, devoted to the strategy, then then we could hope that we could accomplish that that purpose that vision that he has for us of restoring God's ideal in individual lives and in our world and in our in our community and so what do we see in this passage well first we see we see the strategy of growth of grow it says in that 42nd verse that they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching they were devoted to learning to growing to maturing in their faith it also says that they were devoted to fellowship we'll just kind of uh, put a pin in that, we'll go come back to that, but kind of remember that fellowship, we'll come back to that. What else does it say that they were devoted to? It says that they were devoted to, to, breaking, to the breaking of bread and to prayers, and, and, and those are elements of worship. Uh, we see that, uh, again, you read on in those verses that we read, and we see that they went regularly to the temple. So worship was a part of the strategy, it was a part of what they were doing regularly. They are also devoted to serving. We see again in these, in these verses, uh, in the rest of this passage, it talks about how they were, they were helping each other. If, if anyone had need, they were, they, were, they were working together. They were selling stuff they had. They were, they were pooling their resources. They were helping each other. They were working in the, in the needs in the community because it said they were enjoying the favor of, what's the word? All the people. So not just their own people, but they were helping other people. And it, what does it say? And this is a kind of a cool phrase. It says that, that signs and wonders were being done. So they were doing stuff. They were serving. They were working together. And what we see in this, in this passage, they're impacting their world, is the strategy that we've adopted as a church. And, here, and we, actually, it's based on this and other passages, but we can see it really clearly here, this strategy of worshiping, of growing, and of serving. Because we think about our three campuses in three different communities. We're all the time trying to figure out ways, how can we serve the community better? How can we love on the people around us in the, 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 that are surrounding the church? Uh, this, this week on Wednesday, uh, the, uh, the campus over at, uh, at uh, the, uh, the Stevensville campus is being honored with an award, a volunteerism award because of our love-bearing uh, efforts. Again, we kind of we see this strategy in place. It's core to who we are. It's, it's at the center of, of what we want to, be, want to be and what we want to do. We want to be that church. And so we worship together. We do that on the weekends. And we meet for times of prayer. The, the youth do it. The children. And right now they're upstairs uh, doing the youth do it on, on Wednesday nights and Sunday nights. 
We stream, you know, many of you are joining us by, by internet. And, 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 and so we, the whole worship service is, service is on there. We value worship. We're devoted to worship. We pay particular attention to it. There's a strategy within the strategy. When we think about worship in 1, John, or, I mean, for, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25, Paul said this, I become all things to all men so that by all means... I might save some. So when we think about how can we apply that, that truth into worship? And I want you to just kind of think about uh, uh, this weekend and the different ways that we're communicating the gospel, the different ways that we're worshiping together. On the other end of the building uh, today, in a room that it looks very... Uh, uh, it has a lot of church-looking stuff. It's got a, a high vaulted ceiling. It's got, it's got stained glass. It's got a huge uh, uh, stained glass cross in it uh, that reminds you know, people as they walk in of the centrality of Jesus at the center of what we believe. And uh, There's a choir. There's a lot of different elements. And then we, we come into this space here and, and it's, it's kind of a, a different setting and, and uh, there's, there's basketball hoops in the corners of this room and we play volleyball in this room and, uh, and, and it's, it's different. The atmosphere, the, the worship's a little different here. We go over to Benton Heights and we've gone to that community so that we can have a worship service that, that's geared, to gonna, that's going to reach the people of that community or Stevensville or an, even an internet campus. Again, we're willing to do different things in different settings in order so that we might reach some. So that's our strategy at work. And so we have the belief, the thought, the strategy that you don't have to be in the same room, worshiping the same way, at the same hour, to the same songs, in order for us to be unified by our vision and purpose. Our unity doesn't come through the way that we that we all, there are all expressions of worship that are exactly the same. We don't have to do it that way. Because we have this higher value, and the higher value is that we want to reach people for Jesus Christ. And so we can have different worship styles and different worship venues and different places so that we can reach people with Jesus Christ, which is our highest value. And so the, the strategy within the strategy of worship is that we are willing, as Paul said, to become all things to all men, that by all means, we might see some saved. Now, in addition to worship, we talked about growth. And we, we see that as a, as a, as a, a strategy around here, here. And so we have uh, classes. We've got classes that, that meet on Sunday mornings. We have classes that meet at our different campuses. We had Alpha that met over at Stevensville. We've got a class that meets at the Benton Heights campus. We've got, we've got kids' classes and women's classes and just for joy classes that are, are women's ministry, what it's called. Any number of different opportunities on a, on, a, on a midweek, a Wednesday night time. We've got a class that starts this week on Wednesday nights. It's called here at the St. Joe campus called Route 66. We're going to take a journey through the 66 books of the Bible. Kind of an overview. It'd be a great class. It's a, it's a place that we want to help people to grow. It's a value. It's a strategy that we have. We want to help people to grow in their faith. And so a strategy then within that strategy is the idea that we never arrive. So on the day they come to take me to Starks and Mensinger out of my office uh, upstairs is the day that I hope that in some way, some fashion, some class, some study that I'm in or a part of or 
or that I'm doing, that I have grown in my faith that day. We never arrive. We never get to the point where we know all there is to know about being a follower of Jesus. And so a strategy within the strategy is in growth is that we never arrive. The third strategy is to serve, that we want to serve. Each of our campuses, we want to, again, look for ways, ways to serve. And like I, I said, our, our Studentsville campus is being honored this week, which is kind of cool. They're getting a volunteer service award for a Love Burying project that they're doing. And so we in this community are known as that church. We're that church, the church that is willing to, to get outside its walls, to love and to serve in very practical, sometimes mundane ways to be a blessing and to let our light shine, as Matthew 5 says, before men that they may see our good works, our good deeds, and praise our Father, our God in heaven. We want to be that church. And as we think about the strategy within the strategy of serving, the idea that we want to live with and kind of wrestle with and, and have tension with this idea that just because we can't do something for everybody doesn't mean we won't do it for somebody. Let me say that again. Just because we don't or can't do something for everybody doesn't mean we won't do it for somebody. So in other words, and we talked about this a few weeks ago, if you were around for, in our Satisfied series, that sometimes we, we just get, we kind of get stifled when, when we say to somebody that's going through a tough time or something's going on, we know they're having some struggle, if you need anything, come talk to me and I'll, I'll help you, well, whatever you need. And when they don't come and talk to us, because they don't, what are they going to tell us? They no, normally don't say anything to us, and so then we don't do anything. But what if we just did it? What if we, even if it wasn't exactly right, what if we tried? What if we loved? What if we served? What if we helped as best we could? What if instead of saying, you know what, we don't want to set a precedent. How many times have we heard that? We don't want to, you know, some need, there's some thing that we could help some group or some family or some individual, and we've said, you know what, I don't want to set a precedent. Yeah, I'd like to help them, but we don't want to set a precedent. Where do you think that was, that idea was hatched? My vote is hell. But how many times have we not helped anybody because we said, well, we don't want to set a precedent? You know, whatever. How about we just help somebody the way that we wish we could help everybody? And so that's kind of a, an idea of, of kind of a strategy within the strategy of serving. And then I told you to, there's kind of thing that we would come back to. And that thing that I wanted to come back to is they said that they were devoted to the fellowship and that fellowship is just a word that means they were devoted to each other. They were devoted to, to doing life together. And fellowship, as you think about it, when you think about worship, you think about serve, you think about growth, uh, grow, all of those things happen best in the context of relationships with a strategy of doing it together. It, it's better when you worship as a group. It's better when you grow together as a group. It's better when you serve together as a group. It's better for us. It's better for our world. And so... The strategy within the strategy as we think about fellowship is that it's okay to belong before you believe. It's okay to belong before you believe. And so the strategy is, when, is that here at First Church that we want anybody at any time to be welcome here. No matter what their background is, no matter what uh, life situation, no matter what their beliefs are about certain things, no matter if their lifestyle choices are different than ours, no matter what their skin color is, no matter what their, their socioeconomic level is, no matter what side of town they came from, no matter what they smell like, look like, dress like, whatever in the world, that we will welcome them and love them and help them to belong as they are on a journey toward belief. 
And we're going to trust Jesus as we teach God's word, as we open it up, as we share it truthfully and openly without compromise, that the Holy Spirit, when it's time, will bring conviction and they'll help them to see that, that, that God loves them and that Jesus is their Savior and there's going to be a desire just like we saw on the, on the, on the day of Pentecost for, to come to Christ and they'll repent and, and Jesus will, will, will be a part of their lives and it'll be wonderful and it will be at that point that the Holy Spirit will bring the conviction that's needed in the lifestyle or whatever that might need to change based on what God's Word says. But we're going to just kind of let God take the lead on that. We're not going to be so much the judge and the jury. We're going to be more of His witnesses. In the courtroom of this world, our job is to be the witness. And so we're going to love people. So we think about fellowship. We're going to allow people to be here, be, open, be, be welcome here, to allow them to belong on their way to belief. And so those are strategies. And so we think about strategies. It's the reason that we talk about that we have uh, divided up every worship space into subgroups or subcommunities. And so we have, we have sections, and each of you are in a section. You're, it's your section communities. And online, we've got a, a section host. We've got somebody that's a, our online host that, that's there to help you feel welcome to, and to answer any questions you might have. And we've got section leaders that we want to do that. It's vitally important because, again, life is done best in the context of relationships. And let me just kind of take a break and say as a sidebar that I'm honored and privileged to be your pastor. This week we, um, over the last several months really, we've just had, it feels like kind of one tragedy after another in our church family. And I've, and I've watched you come together, I've watched you rally around each other and to help each other and to serve each other and to be there for each other. I've, I've walked into hospital uh, room situations, and by the way, when I show up, it's really bad, okay? We've got a whole group of wonderful pastors and, and pastoral care folks, and, and, but, but when I uh, kind of show up, and there's, there's, there's uh, already, and the really cool thing is that I'm kind of the last man on deck, and to see just the way that you are already loving each other, and serving each other, and there for each other, and praying for each other. To hear the stories of life situations and things that are going on. And to see the way that you come into each other's lives and help each other. It's the way the church should be. We want to be that church. So we think about just a couple of things real quick to kind of, in conclusion... In verse 43, and it says, And awe came over every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And I, and I love what it says, that there was awe about what God was doing. The many wonders and signs that they were in awe, all came on every soul. That word awe isn't a word that's like a, a fear. That's not what they're talking about. The, this word awe is a word that means more out of reverence. So they come together, and when they look and see what God's up to, there's this deep reverence for God. They're awestruck, they're captivated by what God's up to. So that church is a church that is captivated by God at work. And we want to be that church, not impressed with ourselves, but just in awe, captivated by God being at Last year, uh, close to 150 people came to Christ, were baptized last year. That's awesome. We should stand in awe. We should be captivated that God is in the business of changing lives and restoring God's ideal in individual people's lives. 
We should be in awe of the fact that across three campuses in three different communities, that God, as we are one church in three locations, that we're firing on all cylinders at each of those campuses. We should be in awe of that. That, that, that that's going on uh, in and through us. We shouldn't be at all in the fact that the leadership sits around and we don't, we're not talking about how to rearrange the deck chairs on the Titanic. We're talking about how can we make more space to reach more people for Jesus? We got an issue over at, at, at the Bitten Heights campus. What are we going to do? How can we, we, we took out the pews, put chairs in, and we still don't have enough room. What are we going to do? We should be captivated that God is at work. We should be captivated when we hear stories like I heard a few weeks ago when I was at one of our campuses and a girl stood up and told the story of how God had rescued her out of addiction and abuse and had brought her healing and wholeness. We should be captivated by that. We should be captivated when someone in our midst is going through a, a tough time, when they're going through a life situation and the church comes around them and we love on them and that God shows up and God helps them and ministers them and, and puts His arms around them and, 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 and works in their lives and in a situation that so many would find no hope, they find hope in Christ. We should be captivated by how God works in individual, so, such debilitating situations. We should be captivated we want to be that church that still believes that God is in the business of doing miraculous things in lives. And then the last thing, just a little sub-point really. Look at the last part of verse 43. And all came on every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by or through the apostles. It's kind of interesting. That these signs and wonders were done through the apostles. We should be captivated by God, that he's at work through us. And really, I think it was, it was more that they were in awe. All came on every soul. Many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. It's more like, yeah, look at us. That wasn't what, that's not the context. The context is more like, oh my, I can't believe that God would work through us. I mean, think about Peter, for instance, the guy that stands off at the day of Pentecost and he preaches his message and thousands come to Christ. This is the same Peter was the guy that they couldn't even, when the, remember the night that Jesus had betrayed a little the servant girl says, aren't you with him? Aren't you with Jesus? He couldn't even, he didn't even have the backbone to stand up to a teenage girl that he didn't even know. And she asks him again, and others ask him, and he denies Christ, denies Christ, and denies Christ, and now here he is. This inept, unqualified, unskilled, useless, wannabe world changer that, gets, uh, that Jesus gets a hold of, and he finally gets it, and the Holy Spirit empowers him. And he stands up. He allows God to work through him as he submits his life to Christ and opens himself up to the work of the Holy Spirit. It says that thousands came to Christ. That's the kind of church that we want to be. God working through us. Not because we think we're so awesome. Because everything that's going on here, it's not because I'm such a tremendous leader. It's not because we have, uh, and we do have a great staff. It's, that's not the big reason. The big reason is that Christ is the head of this place. The Holy Spirit is at work and that God is moving. And we should be captivated. That even through us, that God can work. And I hope that you see that as well. No matter what's going on and what your background is, what your history is, and what your, your resume as a follower of Jesus looks like, to know that God can use and work through you to restore his ideal in this world.
Let's look as we conclude to, a, to, the, to the end of the story in verse 47. It says, praising God and having favor with all the people. This is a picture of them, the church, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who are being saved. And that's the description that we want around here. We want to be that church. Enjoying the favor of all the people. Wondrous signs going on. And the results being the Lord adding to their number day by day those who are being saved. Maybe you're here today and you're one of those ones that God needs to save. And today's your day where you open up your life to Him. Today's the day that salvation can come into your life, just like we see in this story. We want to be that church that, that welcomes you, that helps you, that helps you to belong until you are ready to believe. As our worship team comes back up, let me just kind of conclude with this. We want to be a church that has a strategy that we work of worshiping and growing and serving. We want to do that in the context of relationships. And so I just want to invite you to devotion to the strategy to paying persistent attention to the strategy like in worship that you you get it that you're willing to 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 whatever to become all things to all men by all means so that some may be saved you're willing to do that you're willing to support that here at first church and that's why we do the things the way that we do things and then growing you're devoted to that idea idea that you're never going to arrive and so, by virtue of that, you want to keep on a track of growing and maturing and helping become more, yourself to become more and more like Christ and helping others around you to do that. Because we want to do it in the context of relationships and then serving, devoted, paying persistent attention to this idea of serving. And so this, and just living with this idea of being devoted to the idea that just because you can't do something for everybody doesn't mean you can't do something for somebody. And you just throw out the notion of setting some precedent out the window and just love on somebody in Jesus' name. And finally, when it comes to relationships and devotion and fellowship, to think about the idea of helping people to belong before they believe. Heavenly Father, God, as we think about this strategy and how, how we can flesh it out and live it out in our own lives, I pray, Father, you would help us to think about it in terms of us personally. And also in terms corporately. And help us, God, to, to understand that, that this reputation that we're trying to develop as that church, that's like the church that we see in Acts, that the, the, just the habits that we, that we engage in help to build that reputation. And so help us to live by these habits, these strategies of worshiping and growing and serving and fellowship so that we can be that church. Thank you, Father. Help us to be your people in this world. And we pray it in Jesus' name.